This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to talk about this statement that I heard on my Facebook page, and it's a comment that I get frequently from guys that say that uh, while I say, of course, as you know, that if a woman does not like sex before you, then she's not probably going to like sex after you. And meaning that if a woman has had very limited prior sexual experience, despite that it may make you feel good to be her first or to be her second or whatever, you know, you got to think about why she's not had any you know, experience. And and either it's because she was raised in, in a kind of sex-negative culture that told her to repudiate her sexuality, um, at least before marriage. And of course, it's very hard to turn that spigot back on after you've turned it off, or because she doesn't really like sex. And then how the hell is she going to like it with you, especially after the honeymoon stage, right? So, and we will get to that in a second, right after I tell you to subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode, let us see, I know it was good, Um, how to repair after marital coercion and what coercion is and isn't, another hot topic. Anyway, so back to this, the more partners a woman has, the less special she thinks it is. So there was this um, article on Prairie Voles and people tried to move it into the realm of humans that said that like the more people you have sex with, the less likely you are to bond with somebody. That's just bullshit. Oxytocin is not just in women. It's in men and women. It's a bonding hormone. And men bond just as much after sex as women do. And women bond just as little as men do. It's all based on the individual, um, you know, person and the sex and all sorts of things. You know, it's interesting because guys grow up thinking that, of course, they are going to relish their early sexual experiences. And then later they may marry a woman that they love. And never does it occur to them that if they sleep with a whole bunch of women, that they wouldn't be able to fall in love. Well, guess what? Women are people too, obviously. And they're the same way. You could have sex with a whole bunch bunch of guys in your, you know, college and 20s and whatever, and then you find somebody that you love. And then they cite this other study, which when you look at it, it's really funny because it shows uh, people say the more that this is used to say the more partners you have, then the likelier you are to get divorced. In fact, they showed that after 10 partners, you were likelier to get divorced, but not as likely as with two with two versus one was the most likely. So it was like a low rate at one partner, obviously, because these people are religious, right? And then, you know, and so they're not supposed to get divorced. Then as soon as you've had two, it like jumps up. And they had all sorts of like cockamamie explanations in this article, like maybe just the presence of one other partner makes women realize that there are options. But then it dropped again. (laughs) It went up at two, then it went down for three, four, five, six, all that stuff was kind of lower and then it jumped up again to 10. So 
And then when you looked into the study, uh, the fine print, it said that it wasn't even statistically significant, the difference between 2 and 10 anyway. So all that we know from this study, that is, I assume, the origin of why people say this statistic, is that people who only have one sexual partner are less likely to get divorced. No shit. You know, they are religious people who are in very traditional cultures. Those are the people who stay virgins until they marry. And only today, in today's day and age, those are the people who don't have you know, other partners is people who wait to have sex until marriage. And those people are religious and religion um, at that level really looks down upon divorce. So, you know, obviously it's just a proxy variable, really. So anyway, um, but what about this bonding thing? Guys who are very insecure, they like the idea that if a woman has no comparison points, then she can't ever leave him because she won't know that she could have any options. Can you imagine taking this uh, rationale if you were going to hire somebody? You know, you're going to hire a nanny for your kids and you say, listen, I want somebody with no experience. Preferably, she's never even seen a child before. Uh, We're going to take her in and then we know she can't leave our children. Also, she might kill them, you know, though, because she's had no fucking experience with children. Right. So think, right. You you don't want to engage with somebody in anything that's important to you if they have no other options. Them having no other options or thinking that they have no other options means they are either like kind of shitty at whatever the thing is or they have really low self-esteem. So if a woman thinks that she has no other options, that doesn't mean she's a happy, healthy person. She's a person who feels stuck and trapped and low self-esteem about herself, right? And also, and here's like another thing, when women haven't had sex with their exes, or even when they haven't even had any exes, they've only had crushes, they still can idealize those people and perceive them as potential options, uh, alternatives rather to the guy that they're with people idealize other people all the time people want people fantasize about people that they don't have sex with constantly possibly more than the people that they have had sex with because they haven't had sex with them yet women that haven't ever had sex before their husband if they don't like sex they think it's because of their husband they don't realize it's because they were raised sex negative, this, that, the other. They were they assume that the man knows what the fuck he's doing so that if they don't like sex, it's due to him. And I see these women all the time in my office. They think something's wrong with the dude because he cannot make her have an orgasm. She was told never to touch herself, never to be a bad girl, never to explore, never, certainly never to have sex with anybody else. So if her body doesn't function in the ways that, you know, she perceives in romantic comedies and, you know, romantic novels, then she assumes that it's his fault. Had she only had a few other boyfriends, she might have learned about herself differently and realized that, you know, she's got to engage in in it as well in whatever she's doing and and be instructive and and teach him what to do. But of course, she's not going to know that if she's never had sex before. There's a window like with anything. I've never, 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 and, and, you know, I try to go back and say, hmm, is it really never? Let me think. Never uh, met a man who regretted having sex before marriage. I've never met that. I now, let me think, I have never met a woman who regretted having sex before marriage. Now, you could say these people are sex positive. They're coming into you. They're not all sex positive. Many of them getting dragged into me by a husband or a wife, usually a husband, who wants to be having more sex. But when I'm thinking about it, I don't think anybody regrets not having sex before marriage, except in only the most romantic sense that you think, oh, I, when you're in your honeymoon stage, you say, oh, I wish I could have only have been with you. Nobody means that. 
they liked the sex that they were having. Or, of course, in the unfortunate case that something happened and they were molested or abused or, you know, it was a rape. I mean, terrible things, right? In those cases, obviously, people regret those experiences. I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying in the case of consensual premarital sex, particularly in the context of a relationship, I have never heard somebody say, man, I just wish that I never had sex with my high school sweetheart. I just wish that prom night we just wouldn't have had sex. Unless, of course, the guy turns out to be like a super huge asshole or something, you know. But in the case that the sex and the relationship were good, which is most people, most things, then, you know, people like doing it. And every time you sleep with somebody, it teaches you something about yourself. I think it's so funny when the guys say it's, sex isn't special if she's done it with a lot of people. So she should say, you know what? Sex also isn't special when we do it too much. Really, at once a month, we're both yearning for it so much. It's the most romantic, magical union of souls. If we do it more than once a month, though, it really, you know, loses its edge. That should be the appropriate response. Because if something is fun and good and you like it, don't you want to do it? I mean, it would be like saying, and I said this in one of my videos that I did on this topic, it would be like saying it really, you know, it wasn't special for uh, ex-football player to play in the Super Bowl. It wasn't special for him because he had played so much football before. He had played so many games that, you know, the Super Bowl really wasn't anything for him. No, the Super Bowl would be the equivalent of married sex with your you know, soulmate, how people feel in the honeymoon stage, you know, that this is the love of their life and the person they're going to marry and they're having sex with them. But how the hell, what does that have anything to do with the sex that they've had before? It doesn't have anything to do with it, except you're better at it. Just like Tom Brady. See there, I thought of a football player. I don't think he plays anymore, does he? I, oh, who cares? But anyway, Tom Brady, I know he's probably in the Super Bowl since I've heard his name and I know nobody. Then it's got to be, you know, special for him to be in the Super Bowl even if he's played a whole bunch of football, right? Because it's the Super Bowl. So it was probably also very, he probably also slept with a lot of women. <laughs> but it was still, you know, great. Another Super Bowl for him to sleep with Giselle or whoever supermodel he used to be with. Also, it doesn't stop you from bonding. It doesn't stop you from bonding with your second child to have bonded with your first child. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. People are able to bond with other humans. We are bondable creatures. We don't have a finite amount of bonding to do. Otherwise, nobody would love their second or third child, right? But you still do. So it, it, well, what this is, is it reminds me always when guys say this of that show and book, You, You by Carolyn Kipnis. At Kepnis, and it's the Netflix show um, based on the book also, where the main character is this guy who experienced, you know, a bad childhood, and he becomes obsessed with women, and basically he tries to, you know, do what the, what these guys really secretly wish for, which is to give these women no other options, <laughs> to, like, trap them and basically make, manipulate them, stalk them, become whatever it is that they want, the perfect man that they want, and basically uh, kind of give them no other options but to be with him. And that isn't real and it doesn't work out for people. You know, The Collector by John Fowles, like literally the guy traps the woman in like his house and she becomes his prisoner. He's giving her no other options, right? They can only be together themselves in this romantic union in which he's so romantic that he doesn't even want sex with her. If you haven't read that book, it's a classic. But anyway, the point being, do not ever let yourself go down this crazy rabbit hole that your sex life is somehow worse because your partner had sex. 
There's a couple guys say, oh yeah, I was always comparing myself to her exes. That sounds like a you problem, you know, because think about it the inverse. What if a woman was always comparing herself to the man's exes? I have never, ever heard a man turn around and say, you know what, it's the same for men and women. Instead, somehow women uniquely are supposed to be impacted and their bonding is supposed to be uniquely impaired. No, that's only because the guys are insecure about their ability to live up to whatever she was doing with her ex. But the guy would be insecure even if she was in love with somebody from afar, even if she looked at the Walmart cashier for a beat too long. There's no helping insecurity. You know, and the most open-minded and sexually playful and experimenting and fun sex, sex, people who think that sex is fun tend to incorporate fantasies, you know? They ask about dirty stories from the people's past and exes and, and what you did with who. These are people who are confident with their own experiences, with their bodies, with their sexuality, and, and all information is good information. Frequently, people are so shocked if they've been raised so differently. They're like, oh, I would never, ever talk about exes. Never, ever. I would get too upset. That's called experiential avoidance in the, in the psychology literature. Fear of negative emotion. Fear of negative emotion is associated with a host of terrible mental health outcomes, including anxiety, depression, PTSD, etc. It's not good in any domain. If you're scared to hear your spouse say something because you might feel a negative emotion, that's probably something that you take into other aspects of your life as well, right? You know, you, you, you're scared to watch something because it might trigger you. You're scared to read something because it might upset you. You're scared to go too deep in a conversation because you might feel off balance. You're probably, you may be scared of therapy because you don't exactly know what the therapist is going to say, what they're going to uncover, what interpretation they're going to make, you know? Maybe somebody will say something about your family that you weren't expecting. You don't want to think about that, don't want to talk about it. When you don't want to think about things, when you don't want to feel things, that's associated with being raised in a negative, scared anxious home, you know, where people were scared of, of beliefs, scared of ideas. There's only one way to think, one way to feel. And that does not give you an open-minded, uh, fun, open, loving, connected relationship. You know, fear is the death of intimacy. If you want intimacy, then you want to get outside your comfort zone. You, you want to explore new places mentally and physically with your partner. So if you're scared of thoughts, if you're scared of, of the thought that your partner might ever compare you to somebody else, that is something that you could go into therapy for. That's where all these young men should be that are scared that their, you know, potential mates are going to have slept with somebody else, God forbid. You know, those guys are all going to be in my office in 10 years, you know, or those of other therapists with women who hate sex, you know. Because that's, that's who doesn't have sex predominantly. It's people who were taught to be sex negative and people who had bad experiences and people who don't like it. And they can't see the forest for the trees. And so they're, they're making short-term decisions based on, I don't want to feel anxious. I don't ever want to feel compared. But believe me, she could compare you more in her head than she could with any real-world experience, you know? And also the fact that there would be an increased rate of divorce in and of itself is, is not a bad thing because that sometimes you should get divorced, right? I mean, there's plenty of people who are in religious marriages uh, that they can't or they feel that socially they cannot get divorced, but they're not happy at all. 
And they're even in abusive marriages and they just won't get out because they're not supposed to do something bad like get a divorce. So it's not bad to think that you have options and that you're not trapped in, in, in your life. You know, and so it, it, there's just so much to think about on this topic. And, and if you've ever found yourself dealing with a spouse who, who says these sorts of things, these sorts of closed-minded things about women, or if you, in fact, are a man that's found yourself thinking, well, you know, um, it, uh, the, the reason that I'm so preoccupied attachment is because my wife slept with too many people. No, no, it's not. That's not the thing. Now, you could say, but, but when does it end? What if a woman slept with like a thousand people? Well, shit, that sounds like a, an addictive problem. Exactly the same as I would say if a man slept with a thousand women. That sounds like what percent of your life are you given over to sex? I mean, you know, like there was uh, also some dude, you know, on my Facebook that says, you know, I got to have sex uh, three times a day or I'm unhappy. Three times a day. Can you have a job? I mean, come on, man. You know, so sometimes I get those topics where it's like, man, you know, you sound like actually a sex addict. Somebody who says that I cannot be in a relationship because I have to have sex three, four, or five times a day. No, that that isn't good. Having like a thousand casual sex partners, it sounds like that was an obsession. It sounds like that was your main thing that you were doing. So no, that's not good. But 10, over, over how many years are we talking? Really, what's so interesting about this is it's not just a sexual partners thing. It's because most people have sex within monogamy, right? They have sex within, so it doesn't have to be marriage, but like the average person will have like a few relationships and that's where they get their sexual experience. So if you don't even want somebody who's had sex, then you're also saying that you don't want somebody really who's been in any sort of intimate relationship. So they don't have practice at either one. They don't have practice at sex and they don't have practice at intimate relationships either. You know, and so then how do you think that's going to go when you start being married to them. They, you don't even, they don't even know if they like intimate relationships. They've never even really had one. So they may well not like it at all. And then that sucks for you. It's like, you know, my, my uh, analogy that I've used in some other video, which was if you're hiring a secretary, would you hire a secretary who's never seen a computer, never, you know, uh, done any sort of administrative work. And then before you even see what she could do, you sign a contract that says that you have to employ her forever. That's what marriage is to somebody who's never had sex. And so you can't imagine what the hell the sex life is going to be like. And sex is a big part of marriage. As I think most of you are aware, I feel, given my podcasts and my posts and all my stuff. So anyway, that is what I think about the topic. And I hope you find it interesting and worthy of listening. And please do subscribe, only $8.99 a month for 130 plus episodes, most of which are at least 15 minutes. That is a lot of listening for you people that like to listen. And always please join my Facebook group. That is way cheap, $4.99 a month. And you get to interact with lots of fun and intelligent people such as myself and all of my followers. I have like over 400 400 something people in there now, like 412 or something. There's a lot of people in there. All right. Um, I'll talk to everybody soon. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye. Oh, and P.S. I forgot when I was doing this uh, description that I had promised you guys a parallel in an anecdote from my own childhood. And it is this. When I was young, my uh, mother taught me to read before kindergarten, but very young. Um, and 
not a surprise, I'm sure, to you guys, since you see how prolific I am and how much I write and read now. <laughs> but anyway, so I got into, I think it was preschool or something, and the teacher told me, this older woman, she said that I, it was so unfortunate that I already knew how to read because I wasn't going to be creative like the other children. The other children had to look at the book and make up stories for themselves. And because I had already learned how to read, I was not going to be creative. Now, that is obviously quite a stupid statement, you know, and why? Because, I mean, shit, you could read so much. If you know how to read, that is hardly the death of creativity. You could read all sorts of shit. And I was writing and reading and I wrote my own novel and all these things when I was a little kid. And, you know, I was very creative. And it's I, I was certainly not hindered by the ability to consume actual books and stories, right? So that really reminds me, it's really analogous to this idea that if a woman knows about sex and is skilled at sex and has learned about her body, she is somehow going to be less able to enjoy sex within marriage. How? She's learned more. She's ahead of the game. She will be able to bring that same sexual skill into the marriage and, of course, learn more. Everybody's different about that individual person and, uh, you know, what they like and how they their own dynamic is in bed and so forth. But Thinking that having more skill makes you worse off is some sort of fiction. And it really puts on the pedestal this idea of, of, of childlike innocence, almost in the Garden of Eden. Can a child that can't read but just makes up stories. A woman who, you know, never had sex at all, but then just bounds into her husband's arms naked on the wedding night with a big smile, excited to learn. This shit is fiction. It's just fiction. Fiction. And it comes from just this, you know, fetishization of innocence that is was stupid when the woman said it to me when I was young and is equivalently stupid when men say it about women now. All right. Uh, in case anybody had tuned in purely for that anecdote, now you have it. And I'll talk to everybody soon. Bye, guys.